0: My new book is out on Audible, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. You can grab it right now. Here's what a user, Thomas Lornaviticus, said. Latka is the real deal. Five stars. Hey, Nathan, I just listened to your podcast with JLD. You killed it. I saw your book earlier last week and thought, meh, I'll wait when Kindle costs 199 or whatever as I have over 150 books to catch up with. But then I sensed that this book may have something I need right now. I bought it for full price but didn't really start reading it. Then, talking with JLD, you mentioned that the strategies may not work if you wait. And that's so true. I read it. I'm feeling pumped to devour it even more. Thank you for sharing it all and kicking ass. Guys, all of you that listen to the podcast, you are the reason I wrote the book. SaaS CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, go grab it today at capitalistbook.com. Especially if you like audio, go grab the audible version right now. Again, capitalistbook.com. This interview is for all of you college students right now worrying about your 2.8 GPA, worry less about grades, more about hustle. Adam created his company after a pivot in 2015, really got focused on People Grove. landed uh, Stanford as their first customer. Today, uh, they've got about 170 customers paying, call it, 20 grand per year, so about, uh, you know, 280 grand per month right now in revenue. That's up from 88 grand, or about a million bucks in ARR just a year ago in August of 2017. They've done this in an extremely capital-efficient way. they raised 2.5 5 million bucks, most recently 2 million about a year ago, which is all basically still in the bank. Economics are healthy 96% logo retention annually, about 120% net revenue retention annually because upsells are going so well. Again, team of 32 people based between San Francisco and India. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Adam Savin. He is uh, the co-founder of PeopleGrove and has served as its CEO since inception. He previously worked at Google as a business analyst from 2013 to 2014, performing data analysis as well as informing strategic decisions on the online partnerships group. Before Google, he served as an investment banking analyst in the global technology group at Credit Suisse. He holds a BS in economics from the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Adam, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Talk to me about PeopleGrove. What do you guys do and how do you make money?
1: People Grove is all about helping students access mentors, coaches, people they need to succeed, how we make money universities, license our software to bring this to their schools and make this a reality.
0: Interesting. Pure place SaaS model. Exactly. Enterprise okay. software. And what is I don't want to go on every cohort. What's the average customer pay per month? Would you say?
1: I uh, mean, it, it's big spectrum. We've got initial contract size and you know, you have 15 to 20 K per year, all the way up to six digits now.
0: Yeah. Well, I know I don't want to go down everyone, but what would you say an average is 30, 40 grand a year? About right. Something in there. Okay, good. And let me just break that down for me. So someone that pays you 30 grand per year, what are they getting? Is it number of seats or what?
1: Yeah. So we, you know, we have a host of modules because we're working with enrollment offices to drive yields, academic success to drive graduation. So it's, based on what modules they're they're licensing from us and the size of their institution uh universities uh it's tough tough for them to do per seat because they need certainty of budget
0: yep and otherwise you have to get approval every time they need more seats right which is a pain in the butt
1: exactly so you know we're talking we typical term length three-year term got it well all cash up front uh annual upfront. So we don't, not the full three years, but each say, year,
0: I'd, I'd be pretty impressed if you're pulling three years of revenue forward, although that'd be great.
1: It, 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 it's happened.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right. Put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch?
1: Uh, launched uh, by walking into an office at Stanford with a pretty PowerPoint and no real product. That was end of 2015. They're like, great. We're making a decision in a product in two months. We sprinted, got a product out in early 2016 and a really good customer logo to reference.
0: That's cr- okay. So you closed Stanford. Customer number one. I love that. All right. What do you have today in terms of total customers on the platform?
1: Uh, 170 institutions.
0: Okay. That's great. And these range again from colleges. Do, do you sell directly to kind of companies or no?
1: Vast majority of our partners are higher ed. Uh, we do have Teach for America that uses the products between their current teachers and their alumni network, and we also have some pilots going with Intuit and Qualcomm as a way of building mentoring around their new student, their new uh, employees.
0: Got it. If I take 170 customers times that per you just articulated, that puts you about 420 grand per month, or a little over five million bucks in ARR. Is that generally accurate?
1: Probably a little bit less, I would say. If I go back to average contract size, probably closer to twenty. Twenty,
0: yeah. Okay, so cl- if we if we pull that contract value down, that means you're call it, call it maybe two hundred eighty grand a month, something like that.
1: Oh, uh, you know, running towards four.
0: Yeah, that's good. When do you think you'll pass four this year? Targeting end of twenty eighteen. Nice, I like that. And what has growth been like historically? So past twelve months, you know, where were you in August twenty seventeen? Uh, at one. Oh, okay. Wow. So that's I mean, that's pretty good growth. You're going from 80 grand or 88 grand a month up to call it 280 today. What's driven most of that growth?
1: Uh we were lucky to raise a seed round um exactly 12 months ago. So one scaling out sales. A big part of our model is just landing in with an individual department at a school. And then our CSMs do a great job of identifying opportunities to expand. So it's not only new business, but a lot of expansion revenue.
0: You mentioned a seed round. How much total have you raised today?
1: So I have this whole other story of a failed company, <laughs> but this particular one uh, at T-Ram was 1.8. Uh, okay. And then we had some convertible notes. So uh, 2.5 total.
0: 2.5 total. Quickly give me the failure story. Did you raise a bunch of money and just crash and burned?
1: No, didn't raise that much. Lived out of a trailer park uh, and rented bunk beds so we could just keep this thing moving. But it was your classic... Uh, Think of a great idea sitting in a room, not validating it at all, and that was Tinder for Jobs. Uh, did not work for a million different reasons, but a great learning experience.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you, you obviously you know shut that one down. Twenty fifteen, you get back into people Grow. It wasn't a pivot, right? You actually shut down that first company.
1: No, it was a it was a pivot in terms oh. shut down in terms of had a staff of eight, went back to two. About ten percent of the initial funding left, and just somehow like <laughs> made a made a turnaround. What year was that? <laughs> so that was uh, shut doors like middle of twenty fifteen. At that point, our investors were like, "Well, it's not really worth you giving us our money back. <laughs> Do you have any other ideas in you?" Um, and yeah, it just started grinding back, and uh, that was turnaround.
0: And he had what caught two hundred and fifty grand in the bank at that point. No, 10, 20. Oh, 10 or 20%. Okay, that's way less than the...
1: We had 10 or 20K left in the bank. When we closed Stanford, we had our initial convertible notes of 500K. We were down to 20K in the bank.
0: I see. Oh, wow. Okay, good. So big turnaround. Now, what are you at today in terms of total team? Uh, 32. 32. And where's everybody based?
1: Uh, 18 here in SF. We've got an offshore team in India, 14. Uh, they're great. And that's uh,
0: there's a lot a, of people that ask me, they go, Nathan, how are these people on your show launching these extremely efficient dev teams in India, especially when one of the founders is not from India or, you know, Kiev, Ukraine, or there's places in Argentina. How did you spin up your India team?
1: I'm really lucky. Our One of our early engineers was a guy named Nidin. Um, very well experienced. And he was our, our first, he was a full-time engineer for us. Um, and he just, I mean, that's actually funny. He said, hey, I've got a, I have actually have a brother who's also looking for a job. I can definitely vouch for him. But all of a sudden, we had knitted into cash two brothers. Um, and next thing we knew it, we were making trips out there. And we knew they had the capability to, to lead and build a team out there. So, uh, yeah, I think the key thing is, is having two people that you really trust, know what quality looks like. And then my CTO makes trips out there. He knows what good code looks like,
0: and the rest follows. That's so that's so funny. Good story there. All right. Um. So I assume today you're profitable, right?
1: Uh, we could be if we weren't you know, okay. keeping the
0: hiring going. Um. So are you operating at break even? I mean, if you had no money in the bank and you close a deal, I mean, you can't afford to go in the red. Otherwise, you'd be out of business. So Are you at break even?
1: I mean, we're, no, we're good. Like cash balance wise, the amount of money we raised a year ago is the exact balance we have today.
0: Um, Oh, you've raised more than 2.5. No,
1: no, no. I'm saying our cash balance today is the same as it were after we raised. So each month we're about break even sometimes, you know, net burn is a little bit negative with the new hiring we're making.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I'm just trying to get us on a timeline. So you had raised 500 grand. You took that down to nothing in 2015 when you pivoted, you then raised another 2 million about a year ago. And what you're saying is you basically have kept all that in the bank. Exactly. Oh, I see. Okay, I great. See. Just, so you, just,
1: just, Revenue, revenue burn has been about equal.
0: Yeah, that's great. So good, good position there. Talk to me about churn. You know, churn's critical in a SaaS company. Where are you guys at?
1: Customer logos, 96%. So of our 170, I think four total have churned.
0: That's retention and annually.
1: Retention annually. That, yeah, customer retention. Um, and yeah, for us, product, customer actually wasn't a great fit to begin with. What's more exciting is the net churn. So. You know, while the logos we churn represented about 50K of ACV, our expansion revenue has been over 500K. So net churn looks really good.
0: Yep. Net negative churn there. Do you know kind of annual uh, net annual retention? You're north of 100%. Do you know by how much? Probably
1: about 120.
0: 120. Yeah, that's, 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 those are good numbers. What about acquisition? What are you spending to acquire customers?
1: Uh, I wish I had a great answer for you right now. Um. You know, it's a it's a direct sales effort. Uh got two AE's working at it. Um I don't I don't know if I got a great answer for you that That's okay. to <laughs> Run the numbers.
0: <laughs> let me ask let me ask kind of a different question. How quickly do you like to get your money back? So if you pay an account, you know, account executive, a commission, things like that, do you get a payback and call it three months, four months? When's it when's that customer profitable?
1: When is the when is our new well, we're getting that, you know, annual contract size up front. So for a new AE, if they're closing four deals, they've already paid for themselves.
0: Yeah, no, no, I got that. So if you, so a new customer, let's say is paying you 30, 40 or call it 20 grand a year is what you said, I think earlier, right? If you pay, yeah. you know, 10 grand to acquire that customer on a cat, on a deferred base, not a cash base on a deferred basis, that's essentially six month payback, right? On a cash basis, you're getting the full 20 grand up front. So it's instant, but on a deferred basis, is it about a six month payback? Yeah,
1: that sounds about right.
0: I also don't want to make up numbers that you don't actually use to measure. So let me just ask you a general question. Like, how do you think about cash allocation through your sales team and your payback periods?
1: Yeah, be honest. at this stage of our company, like it's all about top line. Like, you know, we have an efficient business, um, but, you know, my I'm not myopically focused on payback period or cost to acquire customers. Uh, you know, focus on how are we doubling revenue, tripling revenue?
0: Okay, fa- fair enough. But like, just to be fair, like you can't grow revenue if you have no money to grow the revenue, which comes back again to like, like how efficient these AEs can be.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean, the AEs generally are very efficient because let's say OTE is 150, 160. Break down what that
0: means for people that don't know the acronym.
1: O T, you know, on target earnings. So they're hitting quota. They're taking home 150, 160. And their quote is, let's say, 720K of ACV. Like,
0: it's just, it's efficient. The model works. Um, so. so, why not go out? Why, why Why do you have only two people then on that team? Why isn't it 20 people?
1: That's I mean next. So, first was, okay, founder can sell, AEs two can sell. Next stage is now we're doubling up the sales team. But for me, uh, I'm cautious not to overhire. I need to prove that the playbook is there before. Uh, putting others in
0: a position to succeed, hopefully. Yep. Are you raising capital right now?
1: Uh, we haven't, we haven't sought it. Um, right now, the cash balance is good. Um, and we have all the incentive in the world to just keep growing the business uh, organically if we have the cash.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So no plans kind of to raise capital right now, or at least you're not, it's not something you're pursuing. You never want to say you're pursuing capital because then you look weak. But I mean, if someone made you an offer, is it something you're open to? I mean, it
1: depends on the offer, right?
0: where would you let's say if you had let me ask you differently if you had another five million bucks where would you invest it
1: uh sales new product development um yeah i mean that's something we're thinking about now right now so as a team uh we don't have a vp of sales we don't have a vp of customer success uh there's a lot of hires we could be making um so to be honest the question you're raising is a question we're thinking about right now but uh it's not taking up too much of our mind share
0: are you in any acquisition talks right now to sell the company Couldn't share that. Okay. Interesting. What, what would drive that decision for you guys? Uh, to
1: take a series A or take an acquisition offer and no, 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 like,
0: like to sell or not to sell in your mind. What, what, what do you think about when you think about both those options?
1: I mean, there's a lot of things you think about. You think about, you know, if there is an acquirer, what's, what's their plan? How do you fit into their plan? Uh, you think about timing. Um, you think about your, your own personal objectives. Where are you in your life and what matters to you? You think about your mission and vision, uh, how you're going to get there and do you do it alone? Uh, do you do it by raising money from investors? Do you do it by way of working with another? Um, so it's a lot of lot of different factors to consider. Um, if we're lucky enough to consider those factors, that, that's great. Um, but for me, like the best thing you can do is just focus on Join the business and all else kind of follows.
0: Adam, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Favorite business book? So pretty. Um, Give and Take. Give and Take by Adam Grant.
0: Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. No. Number three, how many... Sorry, what's your favorite online tool for building your business?
1: Uh, I like outreach.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Five or six. It's pretty good. And what's your situation? Married, single kids?
1: Uh, fiance, just got engaged last month.
0: Excited. Congrats. That's exciting. No kids yet? No kids, but I've got an amazing puppy. Uh, that's good. And how old are you, Adam? I am 28. 28. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew?
1: Um, well, I guess 20. I'm in college. Focus less on grades. Focus more on people and uh, just helping others and You can build an amazing uh, group of people from just
0: helping. This this interview is for all of you college students right now worrying about your 2.8 GPA. Worry less about grades, more about hustle. Adam created his company after a pivot in 2015. Really got focused on people. Grove landed uh, Stanford as their first customer. Today uh, they've got about 170 customers paying call it 20 grand per year, so about uh, you know 280 grand per month right now in revenue. That's up from 88 grand or about a million bucks in ARR just a year ago in August of 2017. They've done this in an extremely capital efficient way. They raised 2.5 million bucks. Most recently, two million about a year ago, which is all basically still in the bank. Economics are healthy. 96% logo retention annually. About 120% net revenue retention annually because upsells are going so well. Again, team of 32 people based between San Francisco and India. Adam, thank you for taking us to the top.
1: First, yes, everyone.